Hello, Michael. Hey, good morning, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Where are you based? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, fantastic. I've got a great friend in Atlanta. Okay. Where are you at? He, um, so I'm in New Jersey. I'm central New Jersey. And uh, my buddy who lives down there, he's in Smyrna. Do you know where Smyrna is? Oh, yeah. Is? I used to live around Smyrna. Oh, okay. Yeah, very beautiful city. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm sure it's nice and warm down there. We're uh, finally warming up in New Jersey. It's uh, 46 today, I think it'll be. So Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's good. First of all, welcome to the playroom. Uh, it's so, so good to have you here um, on a wonderful Monday. Actually, why am I saying Monday? On a Wednesday morning. It feels like a, it feels like a Monday, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like a Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let people know more about you and, you know, who you are, what you do, because I think today's topic is going to be very, very interesting for people to actually get, you know, another professional's perspective. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I can provide some value. Um, you know, I really can talk on anything digital marketing, but my passion is really helping freelancers start and grow their own freelance businesses. Um, I happen to have an agency. It's called Big Fin SEO, and we're focused mostly on search engine optimization, but really all digital marketing. So. Uh, search engine optimization, Google ads, uh, social media management, Facebook ads, uh, website development, content development. We kind of, you know, we pretty much do it all uh, from a service side. Uh, but, you know, I started out as a freelancer and that's kind of where my passion lies. So, um, uh, you know, I've developed some other products as well. I have a, a piece of software to help freelancers called Report Hopper which is design, designed to help freelancers create and distribute reports to their customers to validate the work that they do. Mm. So, you know, I've done quite a few things like that and, uh, you know, happy to share uh, any or all or drill down or answer any questions uh, that you think your listeners would like the answers to. Awesome. That's definitely something that I want to know more of because as an entrepreneur, a marketer, you're also an author, which is a great thing to know. You know, there are not so many authors yeah. out there. I mean, there are, but they're, they're highlighted authors that actually know exactly what their target is and what they actually want to talk about and what they live by. So, yeah. Mm hmm. So I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to knowing more about SEO because I've been literally ringing this word around like a bell everywhere i go really? clubhouse blogging oh, yeah. clients i'm always telling them hey your seo they're like what is that then we go deeper into it they're like ah so i want to be so you know strategic with this episode because i want you to actually yeah. give them what i've probably been giving them but something that they can also take home and say ah maybe he's actually right maybe there's actually something here so the first okay. question i would definitely want to find out is why should companies invest in seo okay you got it yeah i think that's great mm -hmm. something i definitely want to find out and see how it's it transcends so how how do people even invest in, where do they even start 
Yeah, so, you know, where they start is really by understanding the importance of search engine optimization. You know, SEO has been around since the internet began back in 1994, 95, you know, whenever it was. And what people don't realize is that when you think about a user's behavior, it's focused on finding answers to questions or finding specific products generally. Those are the two types of searches that people are looking for. And you know, within the product category, there are services, someone might be looking for a doctor or a dentist or you know, some kind of professional. And the companies that understand the importance of Google and how Google works, meaning how do they show a user specific results, they're the ones who win. They're the ones who get all the organic traffic because it's been proven, there have been studies done, that unless you're in the top three results, you're probably not gonna get a lot of traffic. And what we recommend from an SEO perspective, you know, personally I recommend this, is sometimes you need to combine organic search, which is SEO or search engine optimization, with paid search so that you control more of the results page and therefore you can get more of the traffic. So, you know, SEO just at its very basic level is making sure that when someone searches on Google, that your website shows up yeah. because you want that traffic. That's how you're going to grow your business, your brand, your reputation and everything in between. And uh, there are different types of SEO depending on the type of organization that you are. You know, if you're a local brick and mortar, you want to focus more on local search engine optimization. And if you're more of a national brand, then you want to kind of focus on, on traditional SEO, which takes into consideration many of the same uh, factors as local SEO, but it's broader in the sense that it's more keyword driven than I think some of the local SEO is, which to be honest, you know, oftentimes it's just a matter of location and making sure that your website, your Google My Business pro profile and a bunch of other things are uh, fine tuned so that Google knows to put it in front of searchers when they're looking for, you know, a particular product, service, or solution. Mm, that's a great way to put it because when people search for things and they see them pop up on the first page, nobody really even goes to the second page because your answer is already in the first page. So for you to rank, you have to maintain that traditional way of actually receiving information by being relevant to that person because... There's even a huge difference between saying things like women's without the apostrophe and then women's with the apostrophe. There is a huge difference. Even the word S as a plural word, you know, to the word you're actually searching for changes the, it changes the dynamics of everything. So when people think about those things, should they be focused on the apostrophes or should they be more focused on the content because of the higher cost per click? I think the key is keyword research. And just to give your listeners a real tangible strategy to attack SEO, we like to think about it in five steps or five buckets. The first bucket is, and I am getting to your keyword question, I promise, but mm -hmm. you know, I think this will create a good foundation for everybody. Yeah. You know, it starts with basic SEO. And basic SEO means making sure that you create a Google Analytics account and a 
Google Console account, Google Search Console. They make sure that you have Tag Manager installed on your site. There's some basic setup things that before you can really do a deep dive on SEO, you, you need to explore. So basic SEO is number one. The second is keyword research. And keyword research is incredibly important to do at the beginning of your process. Because if your site is quote unquote optimized, but it's not optimized for the specific keywords that your prospective clients are searching on, then it's completely wasted. And you wanna make sure that you understand those keywords. And I'm gonna come back to that because there's some really great free tools that you can use to identify the right keywords that you should be optimizing for. So the first step is uh, basic uh, SEO, let's call it. Second, keyword research. Uh, the third step is really doing your technical SEO. And technical SEO is another thing that gets thrown around all of the time. And basically what it means is using a tool like Moz, like SEMrush, SEMrush, like Hrefs, like Screaming Frog. There are a ton of these tools out there. Uh, SEO Timer, there, there are dozens and dozens of these tools. And it will crawl your website and it will look for how your site scores against known ranking factors that we've identified from Google. You know, do you have metadata? Do you have all image tags? How quickly does your site load? All of these basic, you know, operational things. So technical SEO is really the third step. So you've done the, the basic SEO, the keyword research, technical SEO, then you want to focus on the fourth step, which is on-page optimization. And that's really, you know, what you do on your web pages, in your content, to make sure that Google can see your content. And then the final step is off-page optimization. And that's really all about building website authority, because the more authoritative your website is, the more likely it is to show in search results. So those five steps are extremely important. And the keyword research piece, which you mentioned, is one of the most important steps because again, you wanna be optimizing for keywords that people actually search on. So I'm gonna give you two tools in particular that are free and they're really helpful when it comes to keyword research. The first tool is just the Google Ads keyword tool. Anyone who's running Google Ads, if you have a Google Ads account, which you can sign up for free, you can go into your panel, you can look for the keyword planner tool and you can either put in a seed keyword for example women's shoes and it'll give you all the variations and it'll show you how many people search on those variations so to answer your question you know a uh, woman shoe might get a hundred searches a month but women's shoes might get a thousand searches per month even just that one letter changing it you're changing the search term and there is an impact to that. And that's a really great tool just to give you kind of overall search volumes. You can also punch in a URL, which is kind of a cool feature. If you have a competitor, let's say who's selling women's shoes and we'll call it, you know, uh, Sunday shoes, you can plug into this tool, sundayshoes.com, and it will tell you all of the keywords that it's ranking for. Yeah. And that's incredibly helpful, right? Because then you could look at it and say, oh, maybe we need to be focused on these particular keywords. Exactly. So that, that tool itself is really good. But keep in mind, that's a paid search tool. That's not a true 
organic search tool. The tool I like to use is Neil Patel's tool. It's called Uber Suggest. And there is a free version. I think there's still a free version of it yeah. where you can plug in a keyword and I'll give you variants of that keyword and show you specifically what the organic traffic is. And it will help you with that precise question, which is, should I be using an apostrophe? Should it be singular? Should it be plural? What combination of words uh, related to these keywords are good keywords to optimize for? And I think if you use those two tools in particular, you'll definitely get a good result and you'll learn a lot about your audience. That's deep. They they should definitely yeah. get those Chrome extensions because it's it's very good that you actually bring up Uber Suggest because I've talked about this countless times and I've told them mobile desktop searches SEO no clicks what are the actually search related terms you know you have to look out for those things and see that if this word has a higher cost per click and you're using this more times in your body of of context then you're actually going to rank more because if you use something like Crazy Egg, you'll know what people are using, what people are searching for. And then that helps you understand that, oh, when somebody opens my blog, they naturally go all the way to the bottom and then start scrolling back up. It's a weird it's a weird thing that happens. But if you're able to understand the behavior, like you mentioned in the beginning, then you understand what the consumer is actually looking for. And you're also able to like give them the exact metrics of what they need in that particular moment. So, you know, SEO goes like literally hand in hand with digital marketing because you don't have an SEO manager without a digital marketing team. It just does not work out, you know. So how does somebody even invest in digital marketing so that, you know, companies can be able to stand by themselves and know that this is something that we need for the future of our online business activity? I think there are a couple of ways to think about the investment as it relates to digital marketing. Okay. And part of it is really understanding what your goals are. As you know, there there's a difference between paid search and organic and social media. At the end of the day, they're just tools to help you reach a specific outcome. Yeah. And I think that all companies need to take some responsibility because you can always find a freelancer. You could always outsource to an agency like mine. That There's always a resource somewhere. But it really starts with having a clear understanding of what you want to accomplish with your digital marketing. And for many of us, uh, like you and I in digital marketing, we're like, hey, it's all about leads and conversions. But for a lot of companies, it's not always about leads and conversions. Sometimes it's about um, uh, share of of mind. Sometimes it's about building a brand. Sometimes it's about creating awareness for a new initiative, maybe around sustainability or something like that. And yes, oftentimes it is about website traffic and conversions, but you really need to start with that specific goal because that defines how you're going to get there in many ways. And as you know, it takes experimentation. You can't just, I mean, Google ads is a great, great example, or you could use any ad platform, whether you're using, you know, ad roll or uh, as a network to distribute versus uh, Google ads versus Facebook. You have to experiment with all of them because you don't know where your audience is not just where they're living, but where they're open to your offer and where they're more likely to respond to your offer. And that's a critical thing. 
And what a lot of people don't understand is digital marketing is all about data and experimentation and experiments, just trying to learn about your audience. And that's why we use so many different platforms, so many different tools, and also different disciplines. Meaning, you know, if you take, I, I don't know what the click through rate, I remember at one point in time, Google Ads, the top ad used to have like a 14% click through rate or some insane uh, number. And it doesn't work that way anymore. Google's changed. As you mentioned early on in the program, uh, they're trying to answer your query right on the first page with drop downs and answer boxes and you know all of these different things and because of that it means that we have to be a little more expansive in our thinking and try digital marketing experiments that are cross-platform look at remarketing so remarketing the idea of uh, placing a pixel on your website someone leaves your website and now you can follow them around the internet with ads whether it's Facebook ads or uh, Google ads, uh, whatever the case, or YouTube, whatever the case may be, that process is allowing you to cross over different media in order to reach your, your client or your prospect. And those things have really dramatically changed digital, digital marketing and the companies that understand that, yes, all those, all those tools are out there, but first I really need to start with a specific goal. They're the ones who are more successful because they're just, you know, not throwing things to the wind. They really have, have the focus and discipline that's necessary to be successful. Exactly. And I think also an, another thing to mention is the long tail keyword research strategy. Because, yes, you can search for women's shoes. But if you don't know about women's shoes and luxury items and accessories and things that actually make sense around that platform, then you won't be able to really get the whole characteristic profile because somebody's searching for those words, but they also have a certain lifestyle. They have a certain, you know, searchability reach. They have a certain, you know, local SEO tag. For example, you mentioned all text. I use something called GeoImager. And that, that's really good when it comes to local SEO treatment, especially when it comes to, you know, businesses that are being ranked for, like, restaurants near me. You know, how do those people actually get those restaurants near me? It's not magic. It's actually somebody's hard work and actually skilled research to pop up on the first page and, you know, build that, you know, relativity. And sometimes being first, second or third doesn't mean you're ranking. It probably just means the proximity of your area. So even I think um, I was about to say Bob Proctor, Neil Patel talks about you know shout out to bob proctor too but neil yeah, patel <laughs> but neil patel you know talks about very much in terms of estimated search visits and see what actual keywords are ranking those pages on those first pages because you can search for a word from the dictionary but just because this word is in the dictionary doesn't mean it's going to rank first so you have to be very key specific when understanding what you're doing. And I'm even talking to people about the Pinterest mar um, marketing class that I'm actually building right now, which is going to be out soon, you know, on March 1st. And I've been telling people this is how to search for keywords that you build for your Pinterest for business because search engines is equals to conversions but if you're not repeating the same words or maybe one to two keywords maybe four times in your copy then you're doing something wrong because this is about crawling you talked about crawling so those are the things that people need to look out for 
but at the same time they also have to have a reputation because we also have something called a black hat seo and you don't want to be a black hat seo because you're just going to be spamming people and just becoming keyword stuffy so when it comes to reputation management how does someone actually make sure they're not doing all this keyword grubbing than focusing on just one or two words that can actually give them the ranks they need for their business society there are a few things to unpack there. The first is around website authority. Website authority is is so important because let's say you choose the same keywords as someone else, the website that's gonna show up higher is the one that has more authority. And Google uses something called EAT, Experience Authority and Trust. In essence, it's a measurement that looks at your content and says, is this coming from a reputable source? And how do I know it's coming from a reputable source? Well, to your point, there are the appropriate keywords on the page. Maybe the website has a certain domain authority, uh, top level domain authority, where it's seen as a valuable, uh, trustworthy website. There are all these factors. Um, but you know, the, the keywords are extremely important. Long tail keywords, which you mentioned, because that's how people search. And that's what can differentiate you because it's less competitive, number one. Fewer people are searching on women's shoes that are great with a black dress as opposed to women's shoes. And just by that very nature, you can stand out if you are selling shoes on your Shopify store or wherever it may be because you've got content that speaks to that. And you mentioned another concept or idea, keyword density. You know, that's evolved and changed over time. And people used to try stuffing keywords into a page, which doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And a lot of these tools will help you with keyword density. If you guys are using WordPress, uh, the Yoast plugin, all-in-one SEO, there are a bunch of plugins that you can use that'll give you a sense of whether or not you're using that keyword either enough or too much on the page. And it may seem like nuance, but you have to remember when it comes to SEO, you just have to be a little better than your competitor. That's ultimately what sets you apart. And it's these small little details that if you can manage them effectively using tools, you don't have to guess anymore. I think that's the other thing that a lot of people just don't understand is there are tools out there, enterprise level tools that we use at the agency. There are free tools that freelancers can use just to get a sense of where their site is in terms of overall optimization. And it can help guide you when it comes to keyword optimization. So I definitely encourage people to give that some thought and, and drill down to the nuance of the content itself and how keywords are used properly or improperly in that content. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think once you have a reputation for what you stand for, being what you actually offer as value, because it was even yesterday I was talking to a client and this this came to me so heavily and I it's an acronym for voice, which is value, offer, incentive, <laughs> conversion, evaluation. And it came to me so strong and I wrote it down and I was like, this is what I'm going to be talking about more because I've been talking about this, but as a voice, what are you giving people when you have a value, value, offer strategy rather than offer, offer value strategy, then what you're doing is that you're creating that intention 
to stay relevant to the person that actually wants to get this for a paid plan. But before they get a, on a paid plan, you have to trust them enough to say, hey, I give you 90% free content. So this 10% is going to launch you into the 100% landing space. But before you get there, you have to put in that work. And of course, Google changes the algorithm like eight times a day, you know, so people, <laughs> so, so people, when people say, oh, the Instagram algorithm has changed, you wonder what happened to Google? H have you domained your authority there? Have you stayed true to your cause? Have you stayed true to your keyword search? So how do people stay relevant when Google keeps changing like this? And what's the latest on Google so that people are not like, ah, I wish I knew this 10 years ago. The latest, and I think the thing that most people should be talking about now, which to be honest, in SEO circles, we've been talking about for a while, but in the digital marketing space, it's certainly underserved, is the upcoming Google Core update, which is happening in May. And uh, Google's been talking about this since last year. It's called the Page Experience Update. And for those of us in SEO, it's really just a further evolution of what they've been doing all along. Mm. And that is making this move to mobile performance and overall site performance. The uh, Google Console, which is Google's tool for helping webmasters better understand how Google views their site in organic search, introduced something last year called the Core Web Vitals Report. And because they introduced that, we know uh, it's a big deal. And then later they came out to announce the May update that's pending. And essentially what you need to do when you're running your business and your website is to make sure it meets the criteria that are covered in the core web vitals. For example, does your website load quickly? And when I say load quickly, that's not you going on your browser, typing in your URL and hit, hitting return. It's using Google's Page Insights report, again, free. Uh, uh, the, the Developer Insights tool, if you guys just Google that, Google Developer Insights tool, page speed, you, you will get a tool where you can put in your URL and it will get pretty technical around your first colorful paint, for example, which means how long does it take visually once someone types your URL to start, start seeing content and it'll break it down from there. But the reason I'm saying this is because that's how you stay relevant with Google. You stay on top of what matters to them. And, you know, going through this evolution from um, I remember with, back with the Penguin updates and the Panda updates, mm. they were just trying to get rid of spam. They're trying to get rid of people trying to uh, manually manipulate rankings, uh, which we all did back in the day. But as that changed and evolved and the AI got more advanced, once they kind of made those changes, it really came down to having quality content. And then the next step was accessing that quality content. And knowing that 73% or 78% of all searches start on a mobile device, it's some outrageous number. Because of that, Google's saying, we have to make sure that websites are optimized and usable on mobile. And even today, you know, we do a lot of web development and I still have people saying, well, when I go there on my desktop, I don't see this, that, or the other thing. Mm. And the question they should really be saying is, or asking, when I go on my mobile device, is it functioning 
easily for the for the browser. Is it working? Can I find everything? Is it easy to navigate? Because that's how Google is viewing every single website, whether you like it or not. And those who do not plan for that May update are going to get left behind. We saw it with you know previous updates. The good news is Google tends to work on a pendulum. So when that update comes out, I'm sure a lot of sites are going to be impacted, and then it will slowly come back. But do you want to be one of those sites? You're better off being prepared. Yeah. And for that reason, I encourage everybody to go out, run some scans of their site, and see how they're performing. Yeah. Another thing I would definitely, you know, put in there is when you have your Google Search Console and you're able to understand what the performance is telling you with the queries, because queries are what leads people to your site. And it's so funny that when you get some questions that people ask on Google that relate to your site, it's like, oh, wow, I did a, I did an article on, on Clubhouse when it first launched and people all the way in South Korea are still logging in, you know, so it doesn't mean that, okay, this content is for the US only. There are people who are going to search for this and your, your website might pop up. So you have to stay organic and you're still able to retain that information because when somebody comes to that site and doesn't get what they're looking for, your bounce rate is going to go high and that's going to hurt your Google index. So think about your quality. Like you said, keyword stuffing is a thing of the past. So how do people improve their rankings? Because like you said, it's not about the density, it's about the quality. So how do they measure up and know that it's not just, oh, I have 52 keywords here and it's going to help me rank because people say, oh, you need 100 keywords for each page. There's all these myths, you know, but how do you make sure that you can keep that controllability in your space so that you're also looking for words that actually search you know within let's say women's shoes and then have other categories or other competitors to you know to boost that into your your, your seo reachability ranking today requires a lot of factors and that's why we try to break it down into the five buckets i described yeah. earlier right the basic seo keyword research um, technical SEO, on-page and off-page. And overall, those have to be done in combination. But it does come back to content at the end of the day. Does your website provide a pillar of content? Are you an expert? And, and are you focused on that content on your website? And I think that's where some people go wrong, to be honest with you. They're, let's say, writing about women's shoes one day, and the next day they're talking about uh, automobiles. Right. However, if, if they just took the time to drill down and go deep on a particular subject, that's going to build this pillar of content that takes into consideration a lot of keywords, a lot of keyword variation, and that expertise. And I think you raised a great point about uh, Google Console looking at queries because we know Google Analytics doesn't provide really all the organic queries. Uh, Google Console does a much better job. And if we understand what content people are gravitating towards on our site already, then we have a leg up and we can say, hey, the Clubhouse article did great. Let's do another article on Clubhouse. Let's talk about emerging social media. Let's talk about, uh, you know, 50 ways to use clubhouse for marketing and start to build all of this content around that particular topic or subject because then google's going to look at you and your site and say wow this person this website must be an authority because look at all this rich original content 
related to this topic or subject and ultimately that's how you get rankings for keywords it's through not just the individual content page but it's also about the overall authority around the topic that you're trying to rank for and i read an interesting article it's funny because you know there there with with everything that's changing in seo what used to be old is now new and where the debate on content started many many years ago was around the idea of what content ranks better shorter content that's more keyword rich or longer content they call it long form content yeah. you know and this research i think it looked at like 800,000 web pages and corresponding rankings it was a huge uh, study i think semrush might have done it and they proved that content that's 1500 words or more ranks like 100% better than shorter content and i raise this because what that tells me is it's still about quality over quantity and companies who we work with sometimes they say oh we want a blog post every day and oftentimes even though that would be better for us oftentimes we say whoa 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 let's slow down what if we created one really good piece every week do you think that would help you and the answer is yes it would because we know that those posts rank better now a good way to uh, change up the schedule as well is you know maybe one day you're doing a video the next day you're doing an infographic then you're doing an article but all of that content still needs to be focused on those queries and those keywords that you want to rank for exactly and even that you mentioned 1500 and above now when you think about video content they said that i don't know who said it but they said that video content that is embedded probably through youtube or any other social platform even if you have instagram or things that are actually on other social media platforms one it builds engagement two it builds authenticity and then three it has a higher retention span in terms of you know people staying there so do, do, do you think people should focus on image video both or just text-based formats i think all of the above and i think that research is spot on because people learn in different ways people engage in different things again thinking about the mobile device are do you see a lot of people reading on mobile not really they're scrolling they're looking at headlines but if they get to a video they're watching a video yeah. and i think that's why video is important because user behavior today it is more oriented towards the visual Clubhouse is an interesting example because in some ways are we taking a step back that it's not visual it's all auditory you know you have to kind of ask that question and and from a SEO perspective it shouldn't matter you should be doing all of those things and a great example of this so Moz which is a, a leading piece of software in the SEO industry they do something called whiteboard friday and they've probably been doing this for 5 years mm. every friday they do another video where an expert stands up in front of a whiteboard and there's stuff written on the whiteboard and they kind of explain the topic and the practice that they've done and the reason why they rank so highly is not just the quantity of content but when we look at the quality it's video and then it's transcribed underneath Mm. And because of that, 
Google is crawling the text. They're they're seeing the video. There are a lot of reasons for Google to present this as quality content, and that's something all of your listeners should be thinking about. How do we take one piece of content and format it so that we get really the the most exposure that we can for that piece of content? Exactly, and I think that's a good thing that you mentioned. And if somebody is trying to wonder how do I transcribe my video. I would definitely say use these two websites, veed.io, which is V-E-E-D.io, or you can use otter.ai, which is O-T-T-E-R.ai. Those are two platforms you can definitely use for your content, for your trans for your transcribing, because if you're trying to get things that are out there and probably short form or long form content, then that's how you're able to now rank and of course let Google know that hey I'm an authority in this topic. So if people want to now look about improving on organic rankings, how they, how can they be able to do that and also improve their local search engine results because when you search for coffee near me and you see like five Starbucks options but yours is just one by the mom and pop shop area, you know how do you beat that so that it's not just Oh, I'm competing against all the coffee shops in a 20-mile radius. It's more so how can I impact myself that people can see the value of my brand positioning? Mm-hmm. What's driving local search right now, as you know, is uh, Google My Business primarily and making sure that's fully verified, optimized, all the information is there, and that it's updated frequently. What we are starting to see with uh, Google Local or Google My Business people who take advantage of the posting feature which used to be Google Plus back in the day yeah. which was a total failure but they integrated it into Google My Business you need to be updating that at least once a week if not twice a week and we see that between having your uh, uh, Google My Business profile optimized posting to it regularly and focusing on reviews you can sometimes overcome the location issue which you mentioned earlier in the show where oftentimes it's just whoever's closest kind of ranks yeah. well but we do see differentiation based on uh, quality meaning the number of reviews and and the you know value of those reviews uh, we've got a couple of clients in the hotel industry and we see this all the time just because they're the closest to the destination someone is searching on or where someone lives doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to rank first. Mm-hmm. And if you take all of those things to, into consideration, it can have a, a really really positive impact. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think the more you're able to continue doing that consistently, like you said once a week, you're able to build your online presence. And another thing that Neil Patel talked about too is that if you're doing one piece of content per week, that means you have about four pieces of content in a month, which means by the time you're in the next month, your team or you or whoever is, you know, editing this piece of amazing content should be optimizing and updating this content on a consistent basis because if you made a post in January and now it's April, the content you made from January to March should be updated because for example, Clubhouse now has the value, and I think it's probably above it now, but when I first wrote the article, it was, I think, $100 million, and then it moved up to a billion. Now it's about $2 billion. So imagine somebody reading your content in January or December, 
and the value has gone up because you didn't do your research now you're not authority ranking now you're just guest ranking so you don't want to be that kind of person so when you're thinking about effective ways to improve your online presence what other ways maybe they don't have a website maybe they don't have a linkedin article feed what can they do to stay on top of their local search results and rankings mm-hmm. If, if there's a local company that doesn't have a website, I would recommend they build one. I, I think that's a great resource. And other sites, uh, so we do some work, some, some of the smaller clients like restaurants, you know, they're on Grubhub, they're on DoorDash, they're on these other sites. And if you're, if you're not building your own assets, you need to leverage someone else's assets to get exposure online. And that's really the best way to do it is to leverage these other networks, have a social presence. Uh, you know, a lot of local businesses do do great work on Facebook in particular. Uh, you mentioned LinkedIn is another social channel, Twitter. There are, are other ways to kind of get your message out. But at the end of the day, I think the best investment is still with Google My Business and having your own website rank in search results. And uh, another kind of tip or I wouldn't say quick or easy, but certainly worth pursuing is to look at the, uh, the, the queries that people are asking around a particular topic, especially locally, and trying to get into Google's Q&A, those expandable tabs where there are questions. And maybe so the town I live in is near Princeton, and someone may be searching best tacos in Princeton. And if you were to write an article on your local website talking about the best tacos in Princeton, you might not show up as that first result, but you'll certainly show up in the question and answer section. And that's another way to drive traffic to your site. And again, think about how people are searching to find what you offer. And that's why all the tools we talked about earlier are so helpful, like Moz, like Uber suggest like the Google ads keyword tool, because it'll give you some insight into that. And then you can start producing content. And I think that's really your answer is build content, distribute that content anywhere and any way you can and make sure it points back to you. And that's ultimately how you're going to build that local reputation. Oh yeah, most definitely. And because there are many different marketing strategies, some people may not even know how to use this copy and I also got to know recently that for every 100 words that you use, probably 1 to 150, you're able to add a picture because adding a visual aid with an image alt text is great. If you use Chrome and you right-click on an image and you inspect the element, you're going to see the alt text in there. And that's going to tell you how this thing even ranked, whether first, second, or third. And using that in long-form content is really good. And sometimes people don't even know what to put in the alt text. Sometimes they just copy the caption and paste it there. (laughs) So give them some marketing strategies they can be able to use and what's working today. I think the marketing strategy to use is when creating content, make sure it's multi-discipline we talked about that earlier video text uh, even using something like slideshare.net which is this is an old school tactic but uploading powerpoints and uh you know other presentations that you've done zoom recordings whatever it happens to be but produce content that builds 
EAT, Experience, Authority, and Trust. And if you're a local business, if you're a small business, and let's say you don't have resources to produce all of this content, whether that means you can't afford to hire someone or you don't have the time to do it, my recommendation is to encourage your customers to do it. And a lot of local businesses aren't doing that. I, I started working with a local business uh, recently, actually, uh, and we're working on Google reviews. And there are some tools, uh, paid tools, that you can implement that will basically text someone or email them asking them for a review. And he didn't want to spend the money. So I said, all right, we're going to spend $20 and we're going to print up business cards that your the ladies in the front office are going to hand out when they have a repeat customer that says, please go to this URL, leave us a review. Mm. Now, is that ideal? No, but it's a start and it's a way to leverage your customers to create content, to create reviews, to market your business for you. And oftentimes it's just a small shift in mindset from, oh, I can't do anything because I don't have the time, I don't have the money. It's, it you know, takes so much to produce this content to hey let's let's ask our customers to maybe write a guest post to leave a review to do these things that will do the work for the company without such a heavy lift and i think if business owners can can shift and really develop that partnership with their clients patients customers it can really shift the amount and quality of content and therefore search results oh yeah definitely i think search results is a big thing because imagine you're searching for something and you find yourself on that page you you feel so good because you wonder how how many other people are searching for the same thing so when you offer value and that value has a call to action then you can be able to realize that doing soft advertising is really also good for your business because you can actually have display advertising talking about your product that has nothing to do with what you're explaining but because it has a deep link it has a backlink it has a reference it has a contextual you know aspect to what you're actually talking about then you're able to still rank forward so with that in mind most people think about seo tools as just like hack tools so what would you say are the most effective seo tools you've mentioned a couple of them but what can someone start with today and say okay i'm, go I'm just going to do this one for the next one month study it and then i can start you know becoming more of a guru in other areas so that i'm also understanding what i'm doing without just guessing and looking out for cost per clicks yeah, I, you know, I, I think from a tools perspective and, you know, since we're an agency, we use enterprise level tools. I, I mentioned them before, SEMrush, Moz, which happens to be one of my favorites still, uh, Hrefs, so on and so forth. But, you know, I think if someone really wants to better understand SEO, it starts with, with how we all learn things today. Go out to YouTube, start watching videos, uh, pick up a book, uh, my book, uh, SEO Made Simple is available on Amazon, uh, which is very basic. So if you guys are looking to get started, I recommend that. And you could buy it used. I don't get any money on the use. You know, just, just get a, a valuable resource to create that foundational understanding. Because what I find is that when you understand kind of the, the main pillars or main components yeah. of what organic search is and how it works, it allows you to increase your knowledge and your application of strategies that will help you or help your customers. 
and that goes a really long way. So, uh, oh, and in addition to like YouTube, a, a book or a podcast, I would also suggest uh, following Search Engine Journal, uh, which is my favorite from an SEO perspective. There are other SEO publications as well, but I find that the information on uh, SEJ is what they go by. But Search Engine Journal is very timely. And uh, oftentimes they're one of the first to announce a Google change that's coming down the pike. Yeah. So, you know, definitely subscribe, put it in your email. And it's one of those things that you can scan and you're going to get emails every day. Some days you're going to be interested in the topic. Others you won't. Uh, but, you know, focus on those things that I think are going to be most relevant and book your calendar for um, uh, the Friday uh uh, whiteboard Friday that Moz does, I think it's usually like eight to 10 minutes and it's a great way to start your Friday morning. You, I guarantee you guys will learn something. They cover basics as well as advanced techniques. So there's a lot out there if you know where to look and if you carve out just 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day to really look at some of this stuff, I think it'll advance your, your understanding and knowledge of SEO. Oh yeah, most definitely. And the information is free. That's the best part. It's out there. Anybody that's being paid for these services is probably for application purposes. But if you want to be knowledgeable about these things, if you want to grow, if you want to understand that YouTube can actually rank, it's not hard to rank. There are so many websites out there. So what's making yours different or making yours less important you know you can actually bring out the best in you but make sure you also have rich quality pictures make sure you have home content make sure you have organic feeds that actually people don't see all oh, these guys spent a million dollars trying to make this 30 second ad when there's no content briefs that is able to give you backing up for what you just did so be very specific on what your budget is and how you're able to rank and then you can enter those enterprise levels like you know you've talked about michael and you know just to wrap up this 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 amazing amazing discussion somebody may be wanting to find out hey maybe i can start an agency you know maybe i can start a freelance business how do they even start like we've given them so many tips right now so how do they take all this that they've learned and applying them step by step to build an actual blueprint model for their business yeah, you know, I so that's something I mentioned at, at the top of the uh, call. Freelancing to me is a life changer because it changed my life. I was in corporate America. I was that's how I was brought up. You know, you, you work for a company, you work hard for that company, and if you're lucky, you'll get a promotion. And that's basically how it works. And you work there until you're done, and then you move to the next company. And I did that. And uh, you know, after probably 10, 12 years of doing that, I was burned out. It was just so intense and so political and I wasn't fulfilled. Mm. So on the side, I started talking to friends and relatives and, you know, I've really been focused on SEO from the start. And I told them, hey, I work or I'd like to work with companies that really want to get their websites ranked on Google. And I started positioning myself that way and realizing that I could work full time and take on some of these small projects. And in the beginning, I did a lot of them either for free or for a nominal amount of money, $100, $300, just to get the experience, just to learn how to package my services. And over time, you start to build confidence in what you can deliver. So you start to ask for more money, so you're paid what you're worth, but at the same time, you're delivering a better quality service. 
And that's how I recommend people get started. Don't quit your day job. Although there are people who have done that, they started from zero and now they're billionaires. Good for them. That's not the majority of the world. Where people make the money and where they get into freelancing successfully is by taking on a project here, a project there. And it's as simple as starting to tell people that you do this kind of work. Some people are reticent to you know, post on LinkedIn because their employer might see it. Mm. But I think employers now, first of all, are a little more open to it. And you could just send a post to your friends on Facebook. It's, it's really that easy. And I remember actually one of my first jobs came to me because uh, I, I launched my company a freelancing business and I had a business card printed up. I took a picture of it and I posted it on Facebook and on that card it said what I did and someone reached out to me and they became one of my first clients just from that post on Facebook. Wow. So it's it's more a mental thing. Like you should just just try it. Just put yourself out there. The worst that happens is you don't get any clients, so you change your positioning. You change you know how you talk about your services maybe you start networking in a different way and over time you will start to get these small projects and those are important in the beginning for the reasons i mentioned you want to build confidence in yourself in your abilities you want to get clear on how you create value for your clients and you use all of that knowledge and learning and experience to really build your business and, and it is possible, you know, I'm a, I'm a living example of that. I've worked with a number of students who, you know, started just freelancing part-time. Now they have their own agencies. So it can be done, uh, but be patient with yourself. And when you do that, you'll be amazed at what happens. Oh yeah, most definitely. And the key to SEO at the end of the day, if you're really, really, really interested in actually taking this as a, as a journey, is the word patience that's a key word because you don't want to rank tomorrow and then 52 weeks later you're on page 10 you don't want to be that person so even if you don't rank maybe page 10 page 8 page 7 page 7 page 7 page 7 you stay there for a little bit then you just jump all the way to three and then now you're on one eventually you'll actually appreciate that process because you know anytime i drop an article anytime i build a website anytime i connect this to google search console you know that you're about to get yourself into another wheel of fortune so make sure that you're always doing that and creating that goal process that is going to give you the element of surprise that everybody expects when they find results that they can actually work with and then you now do your due diligence and understand that Related keyword long tail phrasing is really good for your practice. And then when you now use organic and paid searches, you're actually going to be winning because now you're controlling a dynamic space. Absolutely. Great recommendations. And I do like the fact that you picked up on patience because it is so important in SEO. Slow and steady wins the race. We always like to say this is the marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, if you want to get a top ranking, great. Go spend a lot of money for a press release, uh, get it tied into the Google News feed, and with a little luck, you'll be there. But if you're there for more than 30 minutes, I would be surprised. <laughs> and that's, that's not gonna grow your business, it just isn't. So, you know, you gotta kind of put the ego aside and really focus on the long-term game plan. Exactly, exactly. Wow, this is definitely great information, and I hope people can tap in, rewind, and most definitely take notes and just actualize them so that you're a better person tomorrow and we can hear your story too you know in the coming years in the coming months in the coming weeks 
So I really, really appreciate you for coming here, Michael. Shout out to Podmatch once again. You know, I always do that anytime anybody comes through Podmatch. So I really appreciate your time here. And if there's anything that maybe someone may want to reach out to you for, you know, based on, like you said, Facebook, how can they actually reach out to you so that they can connect with you too? Absolutely. There are a couple of ways. Uh, you can uh, message me through Twitter. My handle is mfleischner. That's M-F-L-E-I-S-C-H-N-E-R. You can always send me an email at uh, bigfinseo.com. So it's mfleischner, F-L-E-I-S-C-H-N-E-R at bigfinseo.com. Or check out the Digital Freelancers podcast. We're talking about freelancing and really how to build your business and we'd love to see you there so uh definitely reach out if you've got questions and uh thank you so much for having me on the show you're welcome anytime and i actually look forward to being on your show too hopefully yeah <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. most definitely thank you so much and have a wonderful wonderful day you too thank you you're welcome <laughs>